home to a Democrat and a Republican. Walk into a bar. Walk into a bar here at Ollie's Records and Beer in Cape Coral. Thanks to Ollie's for hosting us. Thank Had you again, Ollie's. Couple folks coming in, checking out records. I have Dead Parrot Ale. And I got. I've been. Dr. I've been Pepper. into Dr. Pepper's recently for some reason. I don't know why. My but. youngest daughter's here <laughs> getting her her more sandwich. Right. Yes, and, the, and yes, more sandwich, which is the sandwich for her. They yep. just opened up their sandwich spot here, so it's a, a very sweet sandwich, very sticky. They can't even cut it in half because <laughs> I finally had one the last time I was here, and it's messy. It's a bit messy. <laughs> yes, but it's it's very good. They have other sandwiches, so if you do want to come for a Saturday afternoon or Sunday afternoon, grab a bite. There's the taco mm. place next door, but beers and drinks here. Yep. Pimble records, such a good time. And let's just go out the gates with what we were just talking about. We have some really cool ideas for events coming up here. Yeah, so we've been in talks with another Democrat and another Republican who've been wanting to get involved in the conversation. So we're probably going to have them later on, sometime at a later show. To good one, one who of course is also a, already has a podcast with us over here at the Mouth, Mouth Media, Media, Chris Proya, yep. and then a good friend of mine, Sheena Reagan, on the Republican side, who's a one. Wonderful comedian, a conservative com- comedian, and then they want to want to come on the show. And we're going to yeah. invite them on and have a much bigger conversation, which I'm excited for. We're going to we have a lot of plans, a lot of ideas of where that can go as well. Yes. So what we're hoping we'll have them come on and we'll have some conversation. And we're in the works to have an event, basically like a co- comedy debate. Yes. Republican versus de- Democrat. We're hoping to host it here at Ollie's. We got to get the details in order, but that is coming up for the summer. And that's actually going to be our first Big Mouth Media official event. That would be really exciting. I think we should do a bunch of crossovers, get everyone involved. Somehow. Yes. So it'll Chantal be. Chantal and all of them. <laughs> Yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. I'm sure we'll have all the hosts here, but mm. something that will be special for our subscri- subscribers. This will mm. be a special event for the subscribers. And then we'll have some general admission tickets as well. So keep tuning in to Big Mouth Media for details on that and look forward for more coming We're, from Yeah, Big, uh, I am really Democrat excited Republican. for this. It looks like it's going to be very fun. Very happy to co-host and co-moderate as well. I don't know how it's going, how we're exactly going to do it. But of course, once we work out the details, it's going to be, Definitely a fun, fun night. Yes, for sure. And this is also our first week heading into the weekly yep. now Democrat versus Republican Super podcast. Excited. Which, by the way, and I don't know if I've told you, but this is one of our most popular shows at Big Mouth Media. Oh, good. I'm so happy that you guys like me. Yes, this is a great I'm concept. So- Lots of folks one, are excited for this conversation. I'm glad because that's what we really want want the show to be about is when we're we have some issues that we we agree with and disagree with and the fact is that we can both be very principled on our positions and have these respectful conversations sometimes heated of course i know we're going to be talking about abortion which we both have very different (laughs) views on but again i'm very happy that we're doing this i'm very happy that this is one of the shows that's getting a lot of traction and i'm glad you guys are watching it and i hope we we show an example of how politics should be as opposed to how it is right now yeah and it's really we're getting a lot of great hits so make sure that you're listening to big mouth media you can hear the edited podcast will come out on every wednesday moving forward now 
So you'll find that wherever you listen to podcasts, you can get it at the Big Mouth Media website, bigmouthmediafl.com. And actually, YouTube, where we're live right now, is one of our biggest platforms for uh, oh, this you know I podcast. I to share this. Oh, he's going to share it too. I'm going to share it on my own personal Facebook. I haven't been doing that because oh, I'm Oh, yeah. Make sure you this. get that done. <laughs> Volume down. Otherwise, we're going to get some weird yeah, feedback. That is true. Hang on. But Run, it's, you know, we have our conversation here. We're watching. So shout out to the folks that are watching now. If you have anything to add in, any topics you want us to cover today, we have a few in mind, some in things that are happening here in Southwest Florida. But yeah, really, really doing good on YouTube. So this is our, this has become a really popular show and definitely something that I think that people want to see more of. How can we discuss issues? We're still Mm. sitting here having a drink. We're still friendly with one another. We don't have to disagree. We don't have to agree on everything to still have conversation. Yeah. Which is what we need to at least start at start at a position where we're not like calling each other oh socialist fascist this and that transpho bigot all the things that we're always yelling at each other on that 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 can be left up to the cable news they could could do that there Good. So there are some few a few things happening locally yes. that I know that you wanted to get done. I wanted into, to so. I thought it was I saw it on your page actually. I thought it was embarrassing but hilarious at the same time. I think that you should explain it because you okay. are very good at you're very professorial, so you can at least explain what happened there. But I really want to talk about this. All right. So this was in Collier stupid. County Schools, right? No. So, so Collier County Schools at Manatee Middle School, there was a video that was shared that I guess is part of like their daily news program that goes out to the students and and then okay. parents and everybody got to see the morning well. announcements type of stuff yeah. but so it, what it was a video presentation from i believe it was one of the social studies teachers i think that the he's also maybe part-time faculty at florida gulf coast university i'm not entirely sure but anyway one of the teachers shared basically a voiceover on a powerpoint presentation about confederate history month saying April's Confederate History Month Mm. and laid out this kind of description and timeline of Florida in the Confederate history. It was very cringe. It was cringe. (laughs) It was very cringe. cringe. But it was also like extremely pro-Confederacy. It used a lot of- Felt very lost causing. Yeah, a lot of language that I think, and I know, because I actually, before I saw that video, I was getting text messages from moms who had kids at that school saying, have you seen this? And children are upset. And they're, Mm. because on top of everything, that school is 97.3% or 93.7% minority. So it's largely black and Hispanic students. First off, so since Confederate, April is Confederate History Month, I guess. I didn't even realize they had a history month. Let's be clear about the history. And that is the fact that they were traitors. And for me, we've talked about how before we're both patriotic Americans. Of course, Mm -hmm. being a Republican, America is such a a massive part of our identity. The fact of the matter is we became a country because of the Civil War. And it was because of that that we became the United States. Before we weren't, we were more like a European Union. We were seen as these United States of America. So the -hmm. fact of the matter is the Confederate history is not one of that should be looked at positively. And the other thing in particular with what he said, he used very specific words that I thought were hilariously horrible if that makes any sense, where it was comical on how stupid it was, where he uses a, he used a term 
what did he say? He said, though civil war was caused for a variety of reasons, which is what a lot of pro-Confederate loss causers like to say. I guess it is technically true that there were a bunch of reasons, but the main reason was slavery. And I think we all know that. And even people who try to deny it know that. But it's like saying that the main reason for the American Revolution is because colonists wanted to move westward. It may be one of the minor reasons, but it wasn't the inciting incident. It's because they, they wanted cheaper tea or something. Or it was tax, no taxation without representation. Which was like <laughs> you know, that part was, of the deal. Yeah. The point being is that it, it's definitely embarrassing. It was I cringed because it's when you when you are a patriotic America, when you talk about how wonderful this country is, you have to understand that the Confederate states were not a part of that. And the only good thing that came of it is because of their stupidity of seceding. Had they not seceded, we would not have ended slavery when we did. It probably would have lasted a lot longer because it was such a powerful and common institution. It was because of their secession that justified that ending of slavery and that definition of us as a country that defends liberty and freedom. And so I don't, I've never, it always boggled my mind, even as someone as a history nerd who's, who had fascinations with the Confederate States, there's some very interesting stuff in the Confederate States constitution if you strip out the slavery stuff. But that doesn't change the fact that the reason they seceded, many of the states cited slavery for their secession. Alexander's famous cornerstone speech laid it down as a massive, as a major reason for secession. It is how they felt. So to deny that is is to deny facts and to deny the truth. But yeah. I think it was embarrassing. And I think about you know, these woke laws that we passed, where I'm pretty sure we're not supposed to make someone feel bad based on their demographic or my or how they are. I don't remember exactly the wording, but I would imagine, like you said, 97% That made a lot minorities. of kids feel uncomfortable. It made a yeah. lot of kids feel uncomfortable. I would assume it's the same thing that if you taught white people critical race theory, it would have been a very similar emotional. So I say this individual has justification for termination, I would say. I definitely, I believe that the, that teacher has been suspended for now. I don't, <laughs> I'm not on the ins and outs of what happened there. Mm -hmm. But I can definitely say what struck me when I watched the video was this along the same lines as you, is that I'm really... I'm struck at the normalization of secession. That's what really hmm. got me. I'm like, wait a second. Oh, they we, we then we had two United States. Or I'm like, no. We didn't, hmm. then we had two Americas. Everything is hunky dory. And I'm like, no. this is not how that works. You don't get just to be like, hey, we're gonna be Americans over here. Yeah. Like that really, that part of it, the way that the language was used, really bothered me. Yeah, yeah, that was another part of it too. Where it, gave a very positive outlook of secession. And look, from a Republican perspective, a lot of the reason why there's a minority of us who are so supportive of secession is more along the lines of the over, over encroachment of the federal government. And that's where that concern comes. And I feel like that's an issue that, of course, we should discuss and make sure that we don't have a federal government that encroaches on the rights of both states and individuals. But that's an entirely different discussion. And the solution is not let's get out of here. And yeah, but I let's be clear. If you are talking about war, secession, and leaving the country, you're a fucking traitor. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like, you're a traitor. Full stop. Like, you're not a patriot. You are not a supporter of the Constitution because these are not things that are part of that. So you can't have it both ways. And I think that's what, that's like I said, was a worrying thing for me. And then, of course, this kind of, 
very whitewashing language about it was like and slavery kind of thing. And it was, it just, it really struck a nerve with a lot of parents, at least applaud the administrative response right now. I will say, and this is a little, this is something that like kind of insidey baseball that I know some parents raise the concern to the school board chair, who I believe now is Kelly Lichter. And she basically laughed it off. So I'm not sure how it's going to yeah, we go do, through. They do have a pretty conservative school board there, so it's unclear as how they would react. But again, <laughs> as a conservative myself, I don't understand how you can say you're pro-America and pro-Confederacy. The two are contradictory statements. They are polar opposites. It is like saying you are a capitalist and a communist. You cannot be both. Yep, I'm with you on that, but mm. it seems as though, and I think that the response that I saw from <clears throat> Chair Lichter was that she said, oh, did you get this information from Jen Mitchell, which is a hearkening back to their school board race and this assertion that this is like a democratic, like, overcry yeah. or whatever. But I thought that well, was like an inappropriate response to parents, first of all. And well, definitely, I wouldn't say, and I, again, as a Republican, I wouldn't say it is. I think that, again... This is an issue of, are you pro-America or not pro-America? That's how this needs to be viewed as. You can't be pro-America and pro-Confederacy. That's it. And I can understand Kylie Lichter maybe having this initial reaction because this is unfortunately how politics is, but they do need to look at it from that perspective. Are you pro, is this a pro-America lesson? And we keep talking about this from, look at, with all these education bills that's coming up, we don't want children to be indoctrinated in a way that makes them anti-American. This is the other end of that coin from the socialism, communist side. The flip side of that is pro-Confederacy, fascism, totalitarianism. So we need to make sure that our education isn't teaching either of those because both of those types of political systems and economic systems and just theories in general are anti-American. Yep. So we agree on that. Yeah, we agree on that. This That's is probably great. The one thing High five. It happens yeah, every now and then. Every, All yeah, right. We, we find areas of agreement more, a lot of times more than disagreement. Like we should probably move on to the one we're really We're disagree. really going to get at it. <laughs> so there was that. What, there was another. We wanted to talk. I did want to talk about, because we keep, I'm just shocked at these leaks that have come out. Oh, the leaks. They right. wanted, I wanted to get some discussion on that because one, I also want, we're both foreign policy buffs. And so I do want to try to get some international stories every once in a while since that plays to both of our strengths. I've just been fascinated by how ridiculous the story is. Like I am expecting like Adam McKay to make a movie out of this in the next few years. Yeah, it's been very strange. So let me tell you what we do know, right? So there was an arrest of an Air National Guardsman from Massachusetts, Massachusetts, Josh Teixeira. Josh, 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 Mr. who is a 21-year-old. And it seems as though there were these leaked documents that were photographed and put on Discord servers what had been private chats around Minecraft. Yeah. Yeah. And over months, apparently. Over months. It's been, yeah, it's been quite a while that these were out. It seems as though that this, the person who put them out there was trying to 
show impress some information and impress people. Impress people was a part of a chat room called Thug Shaker Central, I think, or something like that. It was based off of a meme. And he was like the oldest kid there. It was like mostly teenagers. So it was yeah. creepy when you think about it. Yeah. But he was trying to impress these teenagers and showing that he had access to this. And that was one of my biggest questions as to how does not even someone in the United States Armed Forces, but in the state National Guard house, he has access to this. Apparently, he was a part of the intelligence. Yeah, the intelligence division of them. But again, this raises the question that is now being asked and should be asked is why do all these people have security clearances? How can all these people like this is a Gen Z younger than me? And I definitely should not have security clearance. So it's how does someone that young and clearly that stupid have security clearance? It, sh- it really shines a light in my in my view on government incompetence. And mm. we really, there's this view that, oh, government can be successful in taking care of us. And really, there's just they're just like you and me, and they make a lot of mistakes. It's just that they have a lot more thing, worst, there's a lot worse when they make a mistake. In this case, a lot of information about our allies, a lot of information about the pressure campaign, the fact that we have troops in Ukraine right now, which is concerning the fact that... Let's talk about that. So I want to roll back just a little bit to what you said, because what's interesting to me, and Mm. I think that this is less... Incompetence, I feel like, is a bit strong, but because I, from my understanding is that this person was a an IT professional. So they, not necessarily somebody who was in charge of reviewing confidential information and making mm. decisions, but had access to see the information because they were in charge of fixing the system. So I am almost in the, to the position of where I think that this is more of a case that you have people making decisions about security clearance or types of jobs being done when they don't really fully understand the systems that they're working with. Mm. This is more like a technology issue because yeah. they have to give that person security clearance and so there's supposed was, to be like levels of confidence. And I think that, especially when it comes to any branch, whether federal or state of our military, yeah. be a level I mean, it is pretty, honor there. it's pretty, it is rigorous in terms of how they go back, but it's the, so this, they had access to things that they necessarily weren't working with, but they mm-hmm. saw because they were building the systems around it. So this is, our, can we really have law, laws and policies around technology when the people making the laws and policy don't understand how that's technology true works? Yeah. That for me is like what well, this is talking about. Oh yeah, about that's, yeah, because I, I had a bit of a laugh is I'm on, I have a, I'm on a conflict of nations discord server, which is where I feel that this leak should have been on because that is a more appropriate server because it's a military game, but it's on Minecraft. And so I just found even that part absurd. But yeah, you're right. With these Discord servers and with today's modern technology, my sister's a programmer and she was telling me about these type of servers that she works with called federated servers, where they it basically turns your computer into the server, which base, makes it much more difficult to track, makes it much more difficult to, to reach into. And so today's technology, obviously, we don't want government spying on us or anything, but we are getting to a point where it's now almost impossible to do so <laughs> because of the way some of these Which systems are building. Which is what but, we learned from another leaker slash whistleblower, depending on 
how the wind was blowing that day and how you're feeling about it. But Edward Snowden, yep. Edward mm. Snowden was a similar type of person, only he was a contractor, but he was dealing with the IT. Yeah. And then he had access to that. And it's yeah. actually where we learned about the surveillance that was happening through the Patriot yep. Act and the metadata. Yeah, that, that I think is slightly different because yeah, he didn't reveal, it's a difference in what he revealed, Edward Snowden, and I think he was right to do, revealed that our government was spying on us and right. violating our civil liberties. All the stuff that this individual revealed threaten create a situation in Ukraine, create safety issues for that, possibly reveal scopes and method, not is it standards, I don't even know what the exact term standards is. and procedures, standards and procedures, and definitely upset our allies, definitely disrupted that as well. And so I understand that this was actually revealed by the Russian television networks had found it and then apparently changed the data <laughs> that oh was God. on it to make it look more favorable for Russia. Uh-huh. And then it was like the U.S. government was like, oh, oh hey, wait, what is that thing? How does Russia and it got have back this? To us. But let's talk about this boots on the ground thing because this was something that Marjorie Taylor Greene was something was very outraged about. Mm. And again, this is always. And I think it's mostly it's what special forces. It, or apparently, like it was twelve special forces. Okay. And listen, let's be clear about what a military operation mm. is, is not. So, twelve special forces doing training is not boots on the ground. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. And and she was going on about oh, this is war, whatever. Okay, uh, and listen, I will. Say, I'm a constitutionalist. I would love for Congress to have the power of war and it, for it to be much clearer than it mm. is now. I do not like the breach of power that yeah. the president has to send there's, troops yeah, there's all a, over the place. Much with the War Powers Act these days, yeah. it's nearly unlimited and the president can basically unilaterally. As long as it's funded. Yeah. Yeah. And so I don't like that. So I'm on board with that. Another thing we agree on, actually. But fundamentally, we do, because that's that I would yeah, like to overreach. see that separation of powers. That well, yeah, and yeah. And it, yeah it's, a, it's a constitutional issue. Uh-huh. The power of war is explicitly a congressional issue, a legislative branch issue. Yep. And more importantly, again, it is an overreach of federal government authority right. and executive government authority in particular. And right. we never our entire country was founded on the idea that centralized governmental power is wrong. And I tend to agree with them. I think they were right on that. I say that we got the Constitution because the Articles of Confederation didn't work, and that was too decent. Yeah, that is true. That so is true. So we had there to is... find a medium. <coughs> we had to find the happy medium. But what I mean more... Separation of power, state government does... What I mean is, yes, but that's know, what I mean. It's still, to that area. it's still decentralized in a way, sure. but it's, what I'm saying, it, yes. It did more centra- centralized more because the Articles of Confederation were crap. But it wasn't so centralized that one person or one in, one branch had all the authority. Exactly. Yeah. There was supposed to be the series of checks and balances. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. However, I don't think that this is really a case of that. I don't think that 12 special forces. Yeah. No, that's fair. That's not That us. sounds like something I knew. I feel like we all knew that there was like sub-military and personnel. Listen, there's like, there's always CIA mm-hmm. and different operatives, mm-hmm. different kinds of things and lots of different cases. So I think that uproar about that's a little taken yeah know, taken no i did see one video where it's like we're in world war three and it's like i don't think it's that far yeah but i do i do know that should we have we definitely shouldn't have a full military presence there i think the 12 special forces to assist with training but again we also with these leaks learned that ukraine may not be in as great of a situation as they're promoting on tv 
And so that's another thing as well is how long are, again, when we talked about this before, how long do we let this war happen before we have to have peace talks and perhaps have some concessions, which is something we don't want to do because it would leave, it would come off as appeasement. But what's the solution? Where do we, where's the exit ramp? Because it doesn't seem Putin's going to stop. And it, and I don't think that Linsky either, I think he's very hard-headed on this as well. And so it's where do we find at the out. And again, I don't know. I really don't know the answer to that I mean, because it's difficult. I, okay. So here's my take on that. And I don't know. I think it's up for debate as to whether or not the situation that those documents reveal a true weakness. I think no, there was it, some it, issues. From but- my understanding, it was, it revealed the opinion of people within the DOD or people within the state department who felt that, but I don't, that was, it's an opinion. So you're right. It may be wrong. It's, we don't know, but so here's the thing is that, but this, then what is, are this they is actually, by the way, this is actually what I tell my students on mm-hmm. this is we don't actually have boots on the ground and 12 special forces does not count. Okay. We do not have boots on the ground. We do not have NATO engagement. We are selling arms. We are giving funds. We are cre- so basically, we are actually supporting, selling, and creating a loop to funnel back into our own economy. By the way, so well, the military-industrial complex. Fine. But yes, yeah. But, so it's actually a win-win for us. So we can accomplish geopolitical strategic goals mm. while making a profit. I don't know what is more American than that without getting other Americans killed. So we're actually in the part of geopolitics where is our sweet spot, which is we're, we're, we're the, the biggest army mm. in the world. We're the biggest arms provider in the world. We're giving those arms to arm an ally to meet our geopolitical needs. It's not a proxy war because we're not engaged yeah. in it, okay? Other than selling arms at this point. We don't even have a, what do they call the air... No fly zone. No fly zone, which actually would involve our Air Force. But we don't, we're not doing that because that is actually Mm. like baby war. Okay. (laughs) We're not there because we're just like, yeah, we'll just give you guys arms. So I don't know what the off ramp is because that's really going to be up to them. Mm. I think what we can do is keep doing our strategic geopolitical Mm. weapon sales, we can fortify NATO and see whether or not Putin is going to going to back down because Mm. that's really what it comes down to. I am not in the the Churchill appeasement camp. No, Churchill wasn't the appeaser. It was Chamberlain, whatever. You're being very Churchillian right now with this is the first time I have seen such a strong the strong defense of our military industrial complex from a Democrat. It's funny. not even a defense. It's just what it is. No, you're right. You're right. Like, it is a good, it's it is. I mean, it's profitable. War is definitely profitable. Yeah. I, however, don't, that, that my motive, again, I'm very motivated by peace. Yeah, I would want to see a diplomatic solution there. I absolutely agree that history, <clears throat> excuse me, history has shown us that appeasement is not the solution. So I don't want to appease, but we need to have something on the table. And again, you're right. It has to come from Russia and Ukraine. We'll see what happens. As I have mentioned before, my biggest worry is this goes nuclear. It does look like China, according to the leaks, they say that China is sending the military, but I don't know if that's accurate either. But or yeah, military. I don't know either. Yeah, but and they're not that technologically sophisticated. But what they are doing is buying gas and oil. Yeah, buying gas, basically, <laughs> basically propping up their economy. So right. that way and, our sanctions and, mean dilly squat. By the way, 
embargoes and sanctions are diplomatic solutions. Yes. No, I agree. Just I agree. I think that I think those were those were I think creating those economic sanctions were the right thing to do. I don't think we should lift them, but I think we do have to be honest with the fact with China and Iran and all of the other eastern states that are still trading with them that the sanctions aren't as effective as we want them to be. Yeah, they're not as effective if they're skirting around them. Yeah, so, if you can find a, a loophole. Yeah, exactly. So that's, yeah, and like Ukraine's this whole other thing. One thing that was interesting mm. that I read that came out of those leaks was some concern about Taiwan's vulnerability to airstrikes from China. Mm, yep, that one I'm very concerned about. I That's another worry I have is... I honestly think it's not a matter of if, but when they invade, and I am at a point where I, I think they're going to invade both before or during the presidential election. I think they're at that point. I disagree. You disagree? Why do you disagree from, from your expertise? Because you know the air you're- you, I live you there, your, and I have a PhD in Asia yeah, Pacific So you, you are much more intellectually well-versed on this, but yeah, yeah let me. So, I want to get your expertise so on So this is why I don't think that's a big risk. First of all, because China doesn't want- They're not- going to be the first one they're not going to be the one that's going to do something they're not going to escalate they will like defend but in the history of china they are not the ones that are going out and doing expansionism like they run on this totally other system around patronage and things like that do you not so do you not think that the way she that she changes that dynamic because it's deeper than just one leader. It's <coughs> a cultural precedent. Mm. I actually think that, you know, you consider Tsai Ing-wen coming and visiting with Kevin McCarthy in California, yep. having Nancy Pelosi come to Taiwan, whatever, two years ago, a year ago. That actually is Taiwan demonstrating its strength and independence. Mm. And although it can be seen, and it is seen by China as a provocative act, it's not enough. It's not provocative enough. Okay. So it would really have to be something. And here's the thing I can tell you, living in Taiwan, also I lived in Taiwan for three years and had close relationships with many legislature legislators and people who worked in the cabinet ministries, actually used to drive by Tsai Ing-wen's house all the time on the way to the school that I worked at. <laughs> they are very cognizant of the threat that China has on them. So even though Tsai Ing-wen is with the DPP and they're very like, quote, quote, pro-independence, there's nobody within that camp that's saying, yay, we're going to declare like total independence Yeah, because that would be, so that would be the inciting incident. So if they declared independence, then they wouldn't. So they're not. Like they, they know they are actually fine with strategic ambiguity. (laughs) Like they're totally fine with strategic ambiguity Mm. because it affords them the ability to live how they want. So I just don't see without a major provocative event that's like basically unforeseen right now, Mm -hmm. how any of the actors involved would be brought to the position where they would be forced to, where China would be, felt like they were pushed in a corner so much that they would be forced to act. Okay. So you just, so you're thinking from the cultural standpoint, from the political culture of China, Mm -hmm. they won't allow Xi to make the first move. Taiwan would have to make the first move by declaring independence or something similar. And mm-hmm. there's Mind Zhou, who is the previous president, who was part of the Kuomintang, who is actually pro-reunification. But even the pro-reunification people are not like, hey, we're going to go back to China tomorrow. Yeah. But apparently he's made some trips to the mainland. And it could be also like, I could actually foresee like a false flag kind of thing or some I was event. thinking, I was even thinking that too. Either a false flag would happen 
or they would do like an internal coup where they get yeah. whoever they want elected and then move from there. Like That could happen. But again, I don't, my read right now is that's not like really eminent. Let's put it mm. that way. I will say though, that I agree with the assessment that Taiwan is going to be vulnerable to airstrikes from chi from China if it were to happen because they're densely populated. Oh yeah, like ridiculously. It's I think Taiwan is the most densely populated country on Earth, and it might be second or close to Bangladesh is the only other country that, that per sense, yeah. per square foot population density, Taiwan and Bangladesh are like right there. So it would be hugely catastrophic for their civilians. And they're, they don't have many places to hide their defenses. Yeah. And I, even though we've been selling air protection, we have not been selling Taiwan the most up-to-date technology. Mm. So it's also foreseeable that China may have more advanced technology. That's possible, definitely. I don't know if you even saw what Elon Musk said. He, and I wanted to bring this up because so many Republicans love him. And I just want to take a shot across the bow and just remind people that he's still very pro-China because he's, his solution is to do what they have in Hong Kong, which apparently is a good thing what China is doing in Hong Kong. Like cracking down on Yeah, I know, state. right? But yeah, having a one, one, one state, two system type of government is what his solution Listen, is. Listen, oligarchs but, love dictator because it's much easier to bribe oh yeah. one person in one party than it is. Well, in it's a also, they have what 80 to 90% of the lithium he needs for his Tesla model. So, so he kind of needs to, yeah, actually you know, that's the butt. whole thing with China. China's controls 95% of the rare earth metals market yeah. in total. And what they don't control in their own country, they control in Africa. Yeah. That's something that everybody just, and it's very, <laughs> no, Republicans don't, they bring this up quite a bit. And mind you, I am a bit of a green conservative. I do believe we need to, mind you, find more free market solutions than government solutions. But climate change is real and it's something that we need to address for my generation and future generations. But it's very interesting. And one of the things that Republicans do bring up quite a bit is that the move towards electric vehicles means giving more power to China. Because again, 90 to 95% of the batteries that are being made are being produced by China. And so yeah, it's the trade-off. It's the trade-off mm. because you can get a lot of these metals mm. from anywhere. Actually, they're the most ubiquitous metals on Earth. Mm. Extracting them is extremely dangerous and detrimental to the environment. So you're talking like strip mines that are just absolutely yeah. nasty. I've seen some pretty disgusting pictures. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so it's like we just choose to not do that in the United States, but we really need them. Mm. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of... There's a lot of risk involved in that. Yeah, with the battery technology as yeah. well. The solution the again is more is, oil. Yeah. <laughs> There's complexity in yeah, it. it. I is. mean, that's the truth. Is and you, that's, it's what are you willing to give up? Now, the, one of the things with electric vehicles, aside from the the geopolitical and trade issues with China, the advantage to then people also say, oh, look, you're plugging in, so you're still using coal powered or whatever. Yeah.
of that out. <laughs> hey, speaking of batteries, <laughs> my daughter came over and like the battery, the plug came out. So the battery doesn't work. So <laughs> we're definitely reliant on batteries. Hello, everybody. Maybe a more grown-up hairstyle. Oh, come even... on, that's not necessary. Okay, I don't like my hair. We and don't need to con oh, focus on that. So, what's an adult hairstyle? I don't know what adults do. <laughs> okay, okay, let's move on to. Yeah, sorry, yeah, sorry. We had a bit of a technical. We're back technical though. Technical issue um, on the live stream, but we're back now. We were. I don't. We were just finishing. We were just up talking on... about Taiwan and stuff. But so let's. But let's move into the big issue. Well, quote, flashpoint of the week. Yes. Governor DeSantis has signed the six-week abortion ban. From my understanding, that's still on hold until the state Supreme Court rules on the 15-week abortion ban. But... Yes. Okay. So this is what I understand. So the House, the Senate passed it the week before. The House passed the bill this week. And then... Ron DeSantis signed it at 11 p.m. that evening that it was passed by the Senate. And it is will go into law like all of the other laws on July 1st. However, there is still the challenge to the 15-week abortion ban. So how it affects people and providers in the state of Florida is currently on pause. Yeah because I believe that there's still a stay in order with the 15-week abortion ban. Yeah. So I think that's where that applies. But again, this is... A what activists like to say is that there is still availability of abortion care in Florida until further notice, until the mm. laws come into effect on July 1st. Yes. So abort your babies now. By abort one, get one free. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. <laughs> No, no, but um, if somebody is in a situation where they have an ectopic pregnancy yeah. or there was some kind of other miscarriage, they can get the health care that they need so they don't yeah. go sepsis or that they do not have to worry about leaving the state as long yeah. as you are ahead of the 24 weeks, which had been the nationwide consensus. Now, from my understanding, both the 15-week and the 6-week do have provisions for when the mother's life is in jeopardy, which in those cases are where I would see the cases you mentioned, because obviously there are times where, unfortunately, abortion does have to be used to save a mother's life for a certain, for a number of medical reasons. And those shouldn't be prohibited. I'm but, not sure if the six week abortion ban has those provisions. No, I'm pretty sure they do. I think it would be, I'll, we could check again and Let's circle back, check circle back next week. As Jen Saki would say, I, and, I would say, I do know that for instance, the, the rape and incest ones, you have to have two different verifications. Yeah, so and that one. You have to have verification. I think it's the healthcare provider. You have to have two different ones. Yeah, that one but is. But the problem yeah. with all of that, of course, comes into timing. So you cannot, it takes on average 21 days to get an appointment for any kind of prenatal care. So you're already out of the range of an abortion at that yeah. point in time because the six-week abortion ban is actually two weeks past a missed, a missed period. Yeah. So you most people don't know by the most don't even that. know. And if they have some, they happen to know because they know the exact day that their period is supposed to come. Mm. They they are not even necessarily going to be able to get in to get any care or checks that they may need. Yeah, I am of course pro life. I and this has always been 
I've honestly never really liked the abortion issue because I felt it, it was always a wedge issue. And I, I feel like neither sure. side recognizes the other, the legitimate concerns that the other side had. And you brought up something the last time we were on, and it's been something that I've thought about too. Whereas when we talk about the precedent that we set, we are saying that you can control someone's body to protect someone's life. So this creates a situation where anything from forced vaccinations to, in theory, forced kidney transplants. Sure, body um, autonomy. Now, mind you, the counter argument to that may also be that the fetus itself is a separate individual. And that's where I think there is a reasonable discussion to have where it's, okay, yeah, it is your body, your choice, but then there is that body inside your body. And then that, but again. But I, then we have to confer legal rights on yeah. that. And then we get to a whole other issue, yeah. right? Which I do think we need to actually confer legal rights, but that is an entirely separate discussion. You're right. Because the logistics around that then are tracking periods. Ah, yes. Okay. That I'm, and, and I will say that type yeah. of stuff, when I see or hear that type of stories about tracking periods or different apps, giving that to the government. I do have a problem with that. That is a privacy issue. And that is just really weird and disgusting. That's essentially how you would be able to confer legal rights on an entity that lives within another entity. You would have to track how well, it is. I, think I, actually, that I actually disagree. I don't see how that would be how you would. You would how are you going to confer with, rights to something you don't know exists? If they test and they find out that it exists, then once they have that. Well, if you're, if, what if you're just off the... What if you're just pregnant and you never go? Well, if you're pregnant, yeah. That, then what uh, happens that we start arresting pregnant no, we, people? No, I, I would not be. Not a, I would not be supportive. This is, this is the problem that mm. really. This is why yeah. you. It's like you either grant body autonomy to women or nothing, because everything else is an invasion of your medical privacy, your decision making capacity, mm. and and yeah, the logistical way that you would have to track. Mm. whether or not another life is being created would be track the people who make life. Yeah. Which, I, I, and again, I will say, I will not, I'm not supportive of that. Those steps. Same you're, thing too. You could be she, an individual if you're dependent of another person's body. Right. How do we do that? Exactly that is a good, right. and it's a very fair question. And that, it, and it's a very fair question. And we, um, but this again, is what we were talking about before that, that, yeah, setting the precedent around medical freedom and privacy, right? Mm. That it does go back to the attacks on Obamacare from the Republicans. And actually, we can throw in the folks who were anti-COVID vaccines, too. It's the same oh, yeah, argument, no, actually. It is very much the same argument. I did find it a little hypocritical that we were all my body, my choice when it came to the vaccines. I 100% agree. Again, for me, this issue, again, really comes around whether or the value of life. And quite frankly, I did used to be pro-choice. And what really turned me away from that was when it stopped being about safe, legal, and rare. So to me, abortion, you keep calling abortion healthcare, to me, abortion is a moral wrong. I can accept the choice being there if there was a general understanding of that being a moral wrong. But it doesn't seem like yeah, it's but that that's a moral wrong for you. Yeah, again, but there was a time. And you don't have to have one. Yeah, I that's true. Right? But there are, That's but, your morality. But when there, with, I, see, I've always not disliked that argument because there are plenty of pro-life women out there. So yes, I'm a sure. man who's pro-life, but it's not because I'm a pro-life man. Right, those pro-life women don't have to have one either. Yeah. But even I will say, I know many pro-life women who have had one. Mm. And it's because they don't understand that having a DNC is the same thing as an abortion. Yes, yeah, so I think we, yeah, we've talked about that before. And you're risking that health care mm. as well. But I lived in Japan where, frankly, abortions are birth control 
Yeah. And that's and where that's how they live. That's not how I think abortions should be. I, and I that's was okay, but I would have been supportive Japanese. of Japanese. Yeah, yeah. But I again, mean, so for me again, but if a just, Japanese woman came here and she's like, I want to have an abortion, hmm. like why? No, I just don't. Why is that a problem? It's a problem again because it is life. And it, it and I see someone who you know the baby isn't the baby it's isn't not, it's it, not its own entity. Yet. It's not yeah, it's not an independent yeah, I guess it's not an independent entity, but that's like saying, Oh, if a child's still living with their parents, does that mean that they're not life? It's the Yeah, you know, but they've already been born. They are life, they have a social security is, number. But a fetus is a life, it is a, it is scientifically a stage of human development. Sure. It is a part it's of not, human life. It's not separate. And that's why the actual the nineteen ninety four Supreme Court ruling that said up to viability when that life can sustain itself on its own in that same ruling though they did say that states can determine that in earlier but i again I, to me i'm going to keep saying it over i'm going to be like a broken record to me it is about life i do want to say this though and i think that this is something that we can agree on when it comes to this issue where i have been angry with my side is that and something that your side has criticized us fairly on is that we're not pro-life or pro-birth where right. we don't know we want these women to have children and i actually want to even go a little bit stay, take a step back here i would much rather not have we use the stick too much when it comes to this issue when we should be using the carrot we need to really address why do women make these decisions what are the socioeconomic sure. causes of these sure. what are the family issues right. i do think that government policy should be that there should be no abortions but i would rather do it with the carrot than with the stick. Now we're already using the stick. We've already passed the six week abortion man. And that's whether or not that's going to be law is going to depending on our Supreme court. But now we actually have to talk about as Republicans, these are now women who are going to have these children who are, as you would say, forced to have these children, which actually right. is fair. They are being forced. So we are going to need to quite frankly, provide for them. That will require more funding for social services. That may require more taxes. And I, for one, as a Republican, would support that because we need to pivot not just from pro-life, but to pro-family. That, yes, when That's this child right. comes in, we have to provide for them, especially that this is a government mandate. And I have a general belief that if the government's going to mandate something, then they need to be the financiers and the providers of it. But it's fine with me. I think that, and I will say, I have a very much an understanding of why uh, your side is so passionate about this. And I respect you for that passion. I disagree with you again, because, and again, it comes to me about the value of life. And that's why I feel so passionately but about But you this. can feel valuable. You can feel that's a value for life, but we have the separation of church and state. Yes, but it's and, my... and let's put this, let's be clear mm -hmm. that this is actually a Christian version of when life begins, because actually the 15 week abortion ban is being challenged by Jewish leaders in the state of Florida because they believe life begins at birth. Okay. Mm -hmm. So this affects their religious so... freedom. Japanese people who do not have either a Christian or Judeo fundamental in their value set mm -hmm. do not have any moral qualms about this whatsoever. So you're talking about a whole nother group of folks who fall into that other dogma category mm -hmm. that the government is now making decisions for. On top of that, yes, I agree. We do not take care of folks. And we also have single mothers as the highest rate of poverty in this mm. country. Which is why and I don't know. I've... People blame them. That's the thing. There's a social stigma mm. against it. So now you're forcing women to in this situation. And the thing is, when it comes down to it, the number of people who are walking in 
to any place to receive abortion care, the vast majority of them are not doing it because mm. fuck it. Yeah. Like, like no, that's not the I, situation. And I 100% agree with like, you. And this is situation. Mm. There are things going on. There's, I know two women in their seventies who had it because they were in domestic violence situation. Mm -hmm. They had other children to take care of. Actually, the majority of women who have abortions have other children. Yeah. So a lot of it is also about making a rational decision to mm. take care of the children that you have yes. and not being empowered to control your own sexuality because of met and so there's a lot of complexity to it and the truth is it's better when women and their healthcare providers can make that decision because the that the way that it's happening is not happening in a way that it's just flip it's not flip it already can't be in the state of florida we already have some of the highest restrictions in the country when it comes to forcing women to have an ultrasound making women wait for 24 hours that's why the six-week abortion ban is actually a virtual total abortion ban because you're not going to be able to make the appointments mm. already required by law in the state of Florida to successfully have an abortion within that six week time frame. So I do disagree with you on the fact that this is only a Christian issue. Obviously Christians are the biggest pushers of this, but I this think- This has been that, an evangelical it has, since it, the 80s. It has been an evangelical and issue, by the but way, I don't think it is just Roe an evangelical Roe v. Wade, issue. when it happened, was supported bipartisanly. Actually, Republicans, oh, yeah. including Nixon, thought it was a great idea because of its links to poverty. Again, so- I, It only became an issue because of evangelical money in Republican politics. That's, no, you're absolutely right there. It definitely was the moral majority in the 80s that turned it into a into the wedge issue it is and then today. funding through the Federalist Society all the way up mm. to overturn Roe v. Wade. This has been the whole plan. But it also comes on the back of not only overturning the judiciary and making Roe v. Wade roll back the rights. It's complicated by mm. abstinence education and rollback on contraception. In fact, the opinion that Clarence Thomas wrote, the supplemental opinion on the Dobbs case, actually laid the groundwork for the delegitimization of contraception. So if you can't have contraception and you can't have abortion, mm. you're talking about a whole lot of children being born that are into situations that are extremely dangerous, mm. full of trauma, and the next generation of people who are going to be impoverished and committing crimes. And there's statistical evidence to yeah, prove that. Too. No, and I agree with that statistical evidence, which is why, again, I said that we as Republicans need to start shifting our attention to addressing those issues that are caused by this. And that does mean providing more funding to these social programs, possibly even higher taxes, which again, as a Republican, I would support because this is about the value of so life. So you and would it, support higher taxes for life? Yes, absolutely. A hundred percent. And I don't understand how any pro-life Republican would say otherwise, but I think many of them would because there's, they don't conflict. <laughs> because they don't realize it. Yes, it does conflict. And that's why they, like you said, demonize these women. And I don't think we should demonize these women. I think a lot of these women, and I've met women who've had abortions, they make a decision for these for a variety of reasons. And it is not always, oh, I just don't want to have a kid. Let's just get rid of it because it's right. great. I'm sure there are some that do that too. But, and I personally am not supportive of those type of individuals who do that. I'm sure you would be supportive of them having that choice. I'm, but that's a, the point I'm trying to make though, is we shouldn't be demonizing those women who do decide to make that choice. What we need to do is what is address why they're making that choice and try to solve it from that way. And I would much have rather us resolved it that way than by using government. I know, I thank you for I'm being in. in on that. And I will say this. Because again, I am a more libertarian guy and I do be, get hesitant 
when government encroaches in our lives. And so even though I, again, I am pro-life because of the value of life, I kept repeating it. I don't want to beat a dead horse on that. That's why I support this position, but I am mindful of what it means. So I would have much rather have been addressing these issues from a social services standpoint, from a family planning standpoint. And if we were back to safe, legal, and rare, I probably would support that. But again, it feels like there is a, a much more moral support. And mind you, a lot of the reason that there is this support for abortions is because our side has stigmatized it, which I believe we should have. But again, our side has stigmatized it and have put it in the so, shadow. So by it's you so guys- It's so weird that you're talking about like the safe, legal, and rare component when actually there's a lower amount of abortions that have happened over the last 10 years. Yes. And you know what it's from? Contraception. Yes. And again, so when you have contraception, yeah. you have less abortion. And so I actually, am 100% supportive. And I will say this, I am 100% supportive of contraceptions. I think that's a great way to prevent pregnancies, which prevent abortions. And which is why I feel so, so weird is, and we're having this stuff with methephrodozone. <laughs> whatever it is the the morning after pill look i've my partners have used it before so i'm it's a good contraception and i don't see any issue with it and well, i don't Christone's a different oh pill. yeah mifepristone is actually one of a combination of drugs used for medical oh okay abortions. so it's a different than so your it normal plan happens B. it's not plan b it's it happens early on in a pregnancy but it's it's mm. rather than the morning after it's two three weeks later, right? You're like, oh, let's get that taken care of. And it's used to, with another drug to help, basically, it, it clears out the uterus. Now, mm. it is also used, by the way, prescribed for early term miscarriages yeah. for the very same reason. So it does complicate care. And this is where women, especially me, listen, I grew up Catholic. I understand the pro-life discussions. Mm. I myself I'm pro-life. Yeah. I like in terms yeah. of I, Morally, that's not a choice that I would make yeah. for myself. I've been in the situations where I've offered to help support and adopt family members and friends who are in the mm. same situation. I, however, have also had a miscarriage and understanding that our healthcare system is terrible for having, just having mm. a miscarriage, you don't know what to do and to care for that afterwards and to know that could be criminalized in and of itself. Because if you're tracking, so how am I going to prove that yep. was a miscarriage versus mm. something else? Did I do something to induce that, that, that yep pregnancy to fail? Mm. Am I going to be criminally responsible for that? Mm. That's what is really frightening yeah. more broadly for women. So not to say that I would be in a circumstance where I would have an elective abortion, yeah. but I could absolutely be in a position where I would need a DNC, where I may have a miscarriage, where yeah. I could have a pregnancy that goes wrong and would need to have a procedure later in the pregnancy, mm -hmm. things that could happen to me. And could I be criminalized for it? Could my mm. mother, my other children lose their mother because there's a handful of people so committed to their own morality that they would rob me from my health care to do it? But I don't know. I, I would say no, because one, I'm pretty sure the like, law makes sure that there's those exceptions for mother's life. We'll see. I'll go check. But oh, the we'll providers don't want to do it is the uh, problem because providers can't prove that. That's mm. the problem. Providers can't prove a miscarriage versus an abortion. This is, yeah. And this is where we've had this discussion before with how my party has a very real problem with writing laws too vaguely. And so this is definitely something that 
we need to make sure it's codified so it's understood that these type of procedures are allowed and important because these are about the mother's life is just as important as the child's life. If we're talking about the issue of pro-life, yes, that deals with the mother's life or the mother's health. Anything like that should not be illegal, even if it is an abortion, plain and simple, because it is the same value of life. But again, it's to me, and I'm, I'm not even going to beat the dead horse again, but you get you, my position is pretty clear on this. It's a tough, but definitely a tough position to have, especially with both how controversial it is, but I do stand by it and it's how I feel. And, there but I'm go. glad we could actually have this discussion because we don't. Because it's tough. You know, it's a tough one. It's a tough too. one. And it's one that one's so passionate about and it makes sense. I think there was a Louis C.K. joke about it where he was like, if you're either you see it as murder or you see it as body control, it is if you see it as murder, then of course you're going to react this way because it's so horrible. And if you see it as taking control over your body, of course you're going to react this way. And so it's why I've never really liked the issue itself Yeah, because it's such a complicated issue. And to me, again, the real solution is addressing the socioeconomic causes, which would require Republicans to do things that aren't fiscally conservative, which they won't do, which is why, again, they blame these women and these mothers because right. it's easier than actually trying to act to solve the problem in real life. Right. So. 100%. Good. All right. Whew. Yeah. Another abortion off. debate done. So good. Thank you for joining us and thanks for folks showing up here. And yep. actually our comic, Chris Proya, just stepped in. Yep. Hi. And thanks to Cindy for joining us. She joins a lot of our live shows. Uh, she's yes. got a lot of good info, you know, dialogue. Hopefully you'll come and yep. join us here. And I'm at sure Ali's. next week I'm going to dye my hair blue, make it more adult for the lady no. who was up there in the chat saying, oh, I we're not in body <laughs> autonomy in two and that everybody Thanks. should that you can look however you want so and i i i'm with you on shot on however you want plus it's sunday yeah we're having a drink at the pub come have I, a drink with us just so people understand how i get because i don't drive oh, he, i don't i actually do not drive i have to bike it's about a 30 minute bike ride from where i live and it was very windy today too so that's why my hair is all messy yeah he makes it yeah by bike here mm. but you can come by bike too so we get here ollie's opens up at four mm. i would love to have a drink have a soda grab one of the amazing sandwiches here at ollie's Rec records and pubs evie's like showing her sandwich over there yep. we're doing this every sunday now so we'd love to see you definitely uh, we record at 4 30 we are here a little bit afterwards so you can come you can be part of the audience. You can shout at us I, and raise your sandwich, whatever. Cindy, Cindy will be in touch. <laughs> she she can come oh, yo, oh, nice. There you go. So, See, making friends from the other side. I'm sure friends. she'll be talking my ear off about good. how wrong I am after every episode. That's good. No, but it's great. No, it's great. I love those type of conversations. And I, again, this is why I asked to do this every week because I enjoy <clears throat> you know, these discussions having really talking about the issues that we need to talk about and doing so in a way where we can both be principled on our stances, stick with our guns, but do so in a respectful manner, in a civil manner. And I look forward to our upcoming shows with Chris and Sheena Reagan. Going to be super fun. So be on the lookout for those. <laughs> those will be uh, good. Check everything out. We have coming up at BigMouthMediaFL.com. And because I have not gone and changed the subscription for a limited time, you can still get the subscription. Mm. You can get the monthly subscription to DVR at $2.99 a month. 
or $29.99 a year. Get that that one a year and you can help us here, help make sure we get good equipment. We can put on amazing shows for you because the, the prices are going to go up because we're doing yeah. this weekly now. So Yeah, we're doing it weekly. <laughs> Definitely subscribe while you still can lock down that lower price. That's right. <laughs> Who doesn't love a deal? Thanks for joining us here and we will see you next time on the Democrat Next Republican Sunday or Wednesday if you're listening to That's us That's right. On Check out the edited one on Wednesday. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Bye. Subscribe. <laughs> <laughs>